0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. Good morning, everyone. And first of all, thanks to Michael Hill and Jacqueline Sincotta for getting the winter membership drive off to a good start this morning. We're not going to keep talking about it right now. But folks, keep those sustaining memberships coming as we try to hit that goal they were discussing of 750 new sustainers or with sustaining upgrades today for that $30,000 challenge uh, from a generous potential donor to the station if we succeed. Thank you all for considering it. We have Senator Kirsten Gillibrand coming up on today's show. You know, she just introduced a bill to protect in vitro fertilization nationally in light of the Alabama Supreme Court decision threatening that service under an anti-abortion law there, and that threat could become national. Senator Gillibrand on her bill to address that and more. Also, like we often do during membership drives, we'll have some fun with a little quiz to break things up and give away some prizes. For this winter fundraising drive, it'll be a 10-question quiz series. A 10-question quiz each day. I wrote 10 for today. Get two in a row right, and you'll win a Brian Lehrer Show baseball cap. That's coming up. And Washington Post personal finance columnist, Michelle Singletary. You know her. She's been on the show many times. She's so amazing. Michelle will continue our coverage of scams to watch out for on your phone or elsewhere and what to do when you encounter one. That's coming up. And we begin with our usual Wednesday visit from our lead, Eric Adams reporter, Elizabeth Kim, with excerpts from and analysis of Mayor Adams' weekly Tuesday news conference. Hi, Liz. Thanks, as always, for keeping us on your Wednesday schedule. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Brian. And we'll start today with that news coming out of Queens, which I think shocked a lot of people, no matter what their position on asylum seeker policy, Um, officials dispersed a makeshift shelter housing 74 people, 74, in one basement, a furniture store. The fire department described the situation as dangerous living conditions, reporting at least 40 beds on the property. They actually rotated sleeping shifts, 74 people in 40 beds. Here's a clip of the mayor on this basement housing
0: bust. The system did its job. It was first re- re- responded by, uh, I believe, FDNY, uh, and then DOB came in and made sure that those who were there were removed, uh, and it were given the services that were available. Uh, this was uh, not brought to our attention until... Uh, We had uh, city agencies go out and investigate. Uh, We're still investigating exactly uh, what happened here. Uh, When you have situations like what we are facing here, there's some that's going to attempt to exploit it. Uh, There's Some are going to attempt to do illegal housing. So we have an obligation with DOB, FDNY, and all of our services to respond and take necessary action. That's what was done uh, last night.
1: So, Liz, I don't know if you've ever been to the Lower East Side Tenement Museum. Um, I have, yes. This, you know, this made me think of that, right? Mostly from around the turn of the last century, uh, where they showed how a lot of recent immigrants from those days had to sleep in shifts on beds as they went out and did their work on whatever shift. And here we are with this kind of thing again. Um, what, what, what was the mayor talking about when he said people are attempting to exploit something?
2: So it was interesting, you know, the mayor said he got a call last night or around 1am in the morning about this particular complaint, but he didn't have any details to give to reporters. But, um, Um, you know, your listeners should go to Gothamist.com because my colleagues, um, they were on the case and they found out exactly what happened. And what happened was, this is a commercial storefront in Queens. The property owner leases it to, to a tenant and that tenant who happens to be West African decided that he wanted to use that space to give it to West African migrants who had no place to go. Now he's also getting something out of it as well. He, was, um, he told our reporters that he was renting the beds for about $300 per person. He was also buying them a gym membership so they had a place to shower. But he said his bigger goal in doing this was that these were people that came from his country that he wanted to help. They had nowhere else to go. And, you know, they, there were, they, they found e-bikes on the property as well. So these men were presumably making a living by, you know, doing deliveries, as, as, as mm-hmm. many immigrants do. So immediately after this was discovered, the question then that was raised to the mayor is, is this an outgrowth of the city's 30-day shelter limit? and again what that is is that for single migrants they have 30 days to stay in a in a designated shelter after that they are encouraged to leave, but they can reapply for housing. But what has happened is there's a long backup. So people do go and try to reapply for housing, but they've been waiting weeks. And many of them have no choice but to live on the streets. And in this particular circumstance, you know, you know, these men found a different option, this particular um, you know, business owner, you know, gave them this option. And, you know, the question is, is this going to be become more common? And and how dangerous is it for, for these people to be living in these illegal conversions?
1: So is somebody in trouble here? Because what I think you're describing is kind of a community system uh, that helps people stay out of the shelter system, right? New Yorkers who don't like how many asylum seekers are coming sometimes don't like it because it's putting such a burden on the taxpayers for housing so many of the recent arrivals. And here's a private system, people from the community of Some West African countries helping recent arrivals from West African countries. Not great conditions, maybe really dangerous. But is anybody in trouble here?
2: You know, that's going to be the question and and how the city eventually handles this. I mean, the the, the the person who leased the space has been very upfront. I mean, he told not only Gothamist, but other outlets as well, like this was his intention. This was what he was doing. This was the arrangement. So he's not hiding anything. And, you know, but, but at the same time, it is a violation. So, you know, who will be mm-hmm. served the violation? You know, will it be the property owner? Will it be, you know, will it be this business owner? You know, it's unclear yet.
1: And did they disperse? I saw the word dispersed was in some of the news reporting. Did they kick these 74 people out of this basement and those beds they they were were sharing? And if so, where'd they go?
2: They did. They sent them to two separate shelters. Again, we don't know whether those men were immediately placed because there's a long line to get placed. So... Uh, you know again, this is this this is an outgrowth of the migrant crisis and the and and the desperate need for beds, and also the city trying to cap the amount of time that migrants stay in shelters
1: also relating to migrants we'll play another clip. The mayor signaled his interest in changing New york's sanctuary city policy when he said this at yesterday 's news conference in response to a question about allowing cooperation with ICE, the Federal Immigration Enforcement Agency, in instances where someone is suspected of a crime?
0: I want to go back to the standards of the previous mayors, who I believe subscribe to my belief that people who are suspected of committing serious crimes in this city should be held accountable.
1: So, Liz, what are the standards of those previous mayors? that Adams is referring to?
2: So the city's sanctuary rules actually date back to the 80s under Mayor Ed Koch. In 1985, Mayor Koch put out an executive order saying that city officials wouldn't report undocumented immigrants to federal immigration officials. And the reason for that was because they didn't want... um, immigrants to be afraid of using city services, of being afraid to report a crime, of being afraid of enrolling their children in schools. So that was, in, that was done as an executive order. There was an exception to that, which was, you know, in the case that someone is accused of a crime, that that in, in that particular case, the city would then refer, would be willing to refer that person to federal authorities. But the practice was continued under Dinkins, under Giuliani. Bloomberg actually raised the standard a bit by saying that the city would no longer detain foreign-born inmates on Rikers. But again, there was still that exception unless they were... Accused of a crime. What, hap- what the mayor is now referring to is how that bar was raised further by Mayor de Blasio. Mm-hmm. Under Mayor de Blasio, th- this is known as the detainer law. And when I say detain foreign born inmates, I'm referring to this program in which if a Im- federal immigration officials would ask the city if there was someone on their list, if they would detain them. For 48 hours. And what de Blasio did was he said he raised the bar by saying that they would only do so if they, there was a warrant and the warrant was signed by a judge. There was also a carve out for exceptions here. But the exceptions were different now. It was not just if someone was accused of a crime. It was not for someone accused of a crime. They had to be convicted Ah. of a crime over the last five years, and it's a list of 170 crimes.
1: Serious crimes, which could result in cooperation with eyes for potential deportation, right?
2: That's correct. So that is what the mayor is referring to when he says, I want to go back to the practice of previous mayors. He's talking about the mayors before de Blasio.
1: So it seems to me that the central question here, and I know a reporter asked this at the news conference yesterday, um, is due process. If somebody's accused of a crime... That's different than being convicted of a crime. So if someone can, commits a serious crime and they're convicted of it, uh, then I think a lot of people would support cooperating with ICE and putting that people putting that person in for potential deportation proceedings. But if a person is only accused of a crime, they may have done it or they may have not done it, and and so that's what the mayor's going to revert to.
2: That's correct, Brian. I mean, he was directly asked as a follow up, are you saying that these individuals will not be given due process? And he basically said, yes, he his feeling is that um, and the mayor does this often, you know, this is very consistent with his rhetoric about for instance people on Rikers he often says people on Rikers who are being held right they're being held there often you know bef- awaiting a trial date but he often he often just says these are people who have committed serious crimes mm. and he's doing the same thing with undocumented immigrants he's saying you know you know these are people who have you know have assaulted police officers they've you know they've robbed people but these are in fact, people who have been accused of those things, but he's not making that distinction. To him, there is no distinction. It's a very pro-cop kind of approach to looking at what? the criminal justice system.
1: One more from yesterday, and I watch the news conferences, I usually do, and boy, was it about migrants, you know, from almost top to bottom, um, Yet again, this remains such a big issue in in the city. And, you know, honestly, I kind of feel for the mayor because he gets it from all sides. He gets it from advocates for things like we were just talking about. And he gets it from the right for this one that we're going to talk about now. Um, He has a $53 million pilot program to distribute prepaid credit cards to migrants and shelters for food and baby supplies. Here's what he had to say about that.
0: We are required to feed people who are in our care. When I I spoke with uh, DM Williams-Isom and the team, I said, how do we do it cheaper? How do we bring down the cost? How do we minimize food waste? That's what we did. Uh, $13 a day, um, able to bring down the cost, make it more efficient, able to Uh, invest in local businesses, MWBE. uh, I mean, this is just a W. And so there's some things we're going to do, Jr., that we're not going to get real appreciation from for until later. That's just the reality of being the mayor of the city of New York. So under
1: what context, Liz, did the mayor launch this pilot program? How are migrants and shelters being fed and receiving baby supplies before this?
2: So the city had been contracting out this work and they've gotten a lot of scrutiny over these emergency contracts because the price of these contracts are quite high and you know this the, the mayor has been under a lot of pressure to bring down spending on migrants which you know critics have said is has been you know ha- has been very badly managed so he, you're right he's being criticized from the left for in many ways not just mismanagement but also not doing enough for migrants mm-hmm. but then also <laughs> what happened was there was this political backlash on the right to this credit card program. And it really took the mayor, in many ways, it caught him off guard. Surprisingly so, I would I would think, because, you know, we know from experience, like as recently as the pandemic, that there is a lot of conservative and even liberal opposition to giving people free money, right? Like you think about the pandemic checks and how that was, uh, you know, that there was opposition to that. And it was controversial under Biden. And there's the same principle here, here, the mayor was trying to bring down costs, you know, this does significantly, this is significantly cheaper than having a contractor come in and, and provide them food, food, by the way, that the migrants were not eating a lot of the complaint, there were many complaints that the migrants didn't like the food that the city was providing. So the mayor comes up with this plan that's cheaper. It seems to make, uh, you know, on its face, it seems to be make more sense for migrants themselves. It gives them the choice of what to buy. But, you know, the way it played out in the New York Post was the mayor is giving migrants credit cards. And this headline just took off on the right, on Fox News, and the mayor was killed about it. And he spent days trying to explain and justify the program. And, you know, the political saying, you know, if you're explaining, you're losing. And since that time, he has still been trying to defend this program. And it all started out as this effort, which he said was about fiscal management.
1: Saving money, giving credit cards to buy food with. Uh, obviously limited amounts of money on those credit cards, instead of the city itself having to create cafeteria service for tens of thousands of people, not to mention diaper service, because that's part of what the money is designated for, for those kids with, uh, those families with with young kids. Well, Liz, in sum, uh, what people call the migrant crisis is not going away. It's still front and center for the mayor, and he still can't get Washington. He said this five times in the news conference yesterday, and it's true. He still can't get Washington to take responsibility for what is really a national issue.
2: Right. Although there is now, um, you know, this the, the, the president is now considering an executive action that would shut down the border. So we'll have to see what comes of that. And the president is planning to visit the border uh, on Thursday.
1: Our City Hall reporter and lead, Eric Adams reporter, Elizabeth Kim. Read her articles about this and other things on Gothamist. And she'll be back next Wednesday, we trust, after the mayor's next Tuesday News Conference. Liz, thanks as always.
2: Thanks, Brian.